0: This episode of By The Glass is brought to you by beautiful op shop finds, Glitter and the Adelaide Review.
1: Welcome to Buy The Glass. This is a podcast about the food and booze industry and the people in it. My name's Ali Robertson and I'm here with my esteemed co-host after many months away, Chris Komorek. Hi, Ali. Today, we're talking to Katie Spain, one of my old friends, and she's got a really exciting new job at News Corp. Katie, welcome. Hi. Can you tell us a little bit more about your job?
0: I can. I'm still getting my head around it because I've literally just walked off a mountain three weeks ago in Spain and straight into the advertiser Wine Vault um, because I'm their new wine writer, uh, stepping into the amazing shoes of Tony Love, who was there for a very long
1: time. And he was a, a previous guest of By the Glass. Oh. And he, he kind of talked about the vault as well.
0: It's full of wine and it's dark <laughs> and it's you shut the door and you feel like you're in here, actually, in a, in a kind of radio station except with way more wine um, and it's overwhelming and I love it.
1: Now, um, can I offer you a drink?
0: <laughs> you can.
1: It is early, so it's not going to be wine. I hope that's okay. That's fine. Do you drink? Is lactose okay? Do you drink uh, milk?
0: I don't drink milk. I grew up on a dairy farm and I hate oh, milk.
1: <laughs> um, would you consider maybe just sipping it or like spitting I'll, it? I'll sip and spit. Okay. Yeah. All right. We've got two different milks and oh. I'd like you to tell us about the flavours and talk us through what's going on. Okay. Ali is just getting drink number one ready.
0: I'm getting sweaty palms. This is... Ugh. <laughs> I have been covered with so much milk and cow shit simultaneously and smelt lots of off milk in my childhood. So Off milk it, is a smell that you can never forget. No. Have you ever spilt a carton of milk in your car?
1: Okay. You yeah. can open your eyes now. Okay. No. We've given you the white mug so you can see the true colour of this milk.
0: Is it strong? Oh, my worst type.
1: I think <laughs> it might be... <laughs> Oh, see, I love this. Oh. It reminds me of being a kid. This definitely reminds me of,
2: yeah, like the Nesquik days. Yeah. When this you reminds, could, yeah. the, the master of your own demise, really. Yeah. How much powder you want to
1: put I'm, in am I'm sorry uh, for, uh, you know, bringing back.
0: I've got to walk through vineyards later. I think I'm going to be hyper. There's this <laughs> definitely a, a red kind of cordial tinge going on to mm-hmm. this. hmm
1: so we've got a little cup there you can use as a spittoon or a, you know whatever. All right. yeah. <laughs> Did you know
0: I didn't like this? Is this a punishment for for fasting no, I things I, I knew that you grew up
1: on a dairy farm <laughs> so I thought you know you'd probably drink milk but oh. I I blew it.
0: Okay. I'm going to take a sip.
1: All right, let's do it.
0: Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. What 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 does it taste like? <laughs>
0: I'll try and have a. I'll, I'll try and um, do this in in the way I would with wine, and and not have any previous kind of judgments in my head. Um, oh, I feel like I need to taste another sip again. Just it just to me, this tastes like a barnyard and um, kind of that off strawberry um flavor. Um, it probably tastes a bit fresher to you if you like it, but um,
2: <laughs> okay.
0: I'm trying not to vomit on your beautiful equipment. Okay,
2: we have some. Uh Water
1: here if you need it. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well we'll, well, we'll try and speed this up to, you know, get the pain over with. Yep. Uh, you're right. That was strawberry milk. Yes. And that is the uh, Flurio Milk Company strawberry. It's 100% South Australian owned and produced, made with real strawberries.
0: I do love Flurio Milk. If you're going to go for if there is any company, I would yeah. be going
2: for that one. Yeah. Okay. I, I 100% agree
0: they with do that. Good
1: things now, for if you can tip your strawberry milk out, I have the final. The final milk for you to try. Uh, Blind tasting again, please, Katie.
2: So Ali's just getting this ready by shaking it up. Oh, you're gonna love this. Now, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this bottle before. Oh,
0: really?
1: It's it pours very thick. Well, that is thick. That's got.
0: (laughs) It sounds like it's pouring thick. Is it? Yogurt?
1: Uh, You can open your eyes. Here is your cup.
0: Oh, wow. It it looks like chocolate.
1: I Mm.
2: don't know if I like this one.
0: Is this like some kind of chocolate diet shake? I don't mind this one because there's so much sweetness. It disguises that lactose Mm. film of milk going Mm. on. No?
2: It's got the same thickness to... um, uh, up and go, it
1: which does. is like blen- well, blend which strength. is said to be blended with wheat. Disgust- this is disgusting. I don't it's like this at all. It's all sugar. Um, and so you got the the flavors. What what flavors have you got?
0: Oh, there's chocolate going on in there. I mm-hmm. think um,
1: there's also something else in there, something a bit more savory.
0: Mm.
1: Okay. The reason why this oof, is thick is, um, let me just read the description from the land of plenty. Enjoy the finest. Australian full cream milk blended with a hint of cream, rich cocoa, and a pinch of Murray River salt.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So this is Dairy Farmers Creamery and Co. Murray River salted chocolate flavoured milk.
0: A coronary in a little, little plastic container.
1: (laughs) All right, we can move on. Uh, Would you like some pizza shapes?
0: (laughs) I'll have one, thanks, because that might take out the... uh but you've got all the good things on this, this program.
2: Oh yeah, we, we, don't, we don't skimp. There's a budget, but we, uh, we, we make sure we, we, yeah. we're within it. Katie, you've, you've been in Adelaide for quite some time.
0: Well, I moved away for a very long time yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah,
2: And how do you see this as that progression of your life in Adelaide? So prior to, to getting this role, yeah. how much of that experience is going to lend itself to, to what you're doing now?
0: hopefully a lot so i i'm a bit of a serial job quitter if it's not making me really happy i get out of there or if it's not if i don't feel like it's getting me somewhere else um i i move on um which i don't know sometimes might be foolish but i think it's led me to where i am today so obviously grew up on a dairy farm and i don't know i have a real connection to farmers i love farmers they can be awkward. Non talkative folk until you start talking about that thing they love, and I guess winemakers, viticulturalists, all those types of people have that same essence about them. So I love pulling stories out of them, walking around vineyards with them you know, them telling me what they do and how they do it. I've been back in Adelaide now, gosh, it's probably 10 years now mm-hmm. before that I went to London um, and certainly wasn't writing about wine then I was drinking a lot of it and maybe expanding my um, I guess my knowledge of more European wines which I could still do do a lot with so that's just an excuse to go back overseas actually but um, And then came back and worked in Sydney in radio and definitely that was really early morning stuff for Nova radio station. So I was out of that world for a while and I just wanted to write good stories. That was really celebrity based and it didn't push my buttons. So that's why I came back to South Australia um, and took up a job with the Adelaide magazine, which used to be with the advertiser and got into the storytelling side of things there. Mm. Um, left that, went to Broadsheet, went to Fritz magazine, uh, and then ultimately WBM, which is Wine Business Magazine Australia. And that's where I really got into the wine stuff and found out that, hey, I really like writing about
1: this. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, wine is just the subject. You're always just looking for the story. Yep. Do you ever switch off and stop looking for stories?
0: Ali, I never, you know this, I think, I never (laughs) switch off. I can't even go to a dinner party without kind of spontaneously interviewing people around the table or even walking down here, there was a fabulous man with a pink hat on and these big white glasses and it looked like his car must have been next to him because it was white with pink, this beautiful pink gown on. And I I, I was running late for you guys and I almost stopped because I thought, he's got a story. I want to tell his story. So no, I never switch off ever. But that
2: must be exhausting because I mean, I have a bit of that too. I think I always sort of end up finding myself talking with people in in casual settings and and I have been pulled up a couple of times like, are we in an interview? And I I hate it when people do that Um, because no, it's just like a nice conversation and I'm curious. Do you ever get that too? All the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: All the time. And I kind of, you know, I want to get out my recording device that you have to tell people when you're recording them Um, or my, you know, my notepad and start Mm. writing down notes and things. And and I just want to ask for everyone's phone number because (laughs) it's kind of creepy, but I might want to call them and, you know, tell their story one day. Mm. Um, It's just a matter of working out where to put the stories. That's kind of, you know, that's where I'm at at the moment.
2: So how was your experience in London? Because I've just come back uh, from three months living there.
0: Um, it was, I, I went to Germany before London. So when I first got there, I was pretty fresh. I was pretty green. I was maybe 22 mm-hmm. just, um, which feels really young now that I'm in my thirties. Uh, and so I got into, into London. I was just relieved that everyone was speaking English and I could, <laughs> you know, understand everything yeah. cause my German's okay, but you know, it, you, there's only so much you can say. And I like to say a lot and I was very restricted. Um, and I found it. I found it pretty overwhelming to begin with. It's you know it's a big city, um, and surprisingly there's you know there's a lot of people there. But I found it pretty easy to find work in London. Maybe not the exact work you want to do, um, but yeah, I got into music journalism, and my first job there was with a sports, specialty sports portfolio of websites, and. Ali's smiling because he's walked Mount Lofty with me, and uh, oh no, you didn't. That was someone else, thank God. It was yeah. like a seal was being slaughtered, though. It was I was pretty much. Dying. I remember
1: you telling me the first time you did Lofty, and you did it in heels. Oh,
0: they weren't big heels, <laughs> but they were wedges. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, and I, I feel like I nearly died. So anyway, I'm not a, I'm not a sporty kind of person by any means.
1: So that's a girl who just came back. From the Camino tour, yeah, I'm still yeah. hobbling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: it's not my it's it's not my favorite thing to do, um. But you know, it it was the 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 role was editorial assistant, and all I saw was editorial, and I was like, yes, this is gonna at least give me a, a step. And it was very digital. And then mm. I got into music journalism, and then West End theatre journalism. So mm. lots of different chapters in this life. But I, you know, I'm a writer. I like I like interesting chapters.
2: But I mean, growing up on a on a dairy farm. Um, I suppose what I was looking at there was was you have that freedom, that crisp air, the, the connection s- to the, the land, life. I guess. It's the, the simple sim- life. It's the simple yeah, life, yeah. yeah. How did you adapt to, to life in such a busy city?
0: That's a good point, actually, because I kind of tended to gravitate towards the parks um, and I still find that there's something, if you grow up... On a, on a farm with wide-open spaces and really freedom in your childhood to just – we jumped on motorbikes and we'd disappear, we took food and we'd come back when we were hungry or mm. it got dark. Um, I remember h- after living in London – gosh, it had probably been a year and uh, my ex-boyfriend and I – I've got a lot of them too <laughs> – my ex-boyfriend <laughs> and I went to Stonehenge. I remember we got on a bus and it was the first time I'd seen fields for a really long time and I just burst into tears. Mm. There was something – deep inside of me that I guess hadn't been fed for a while. And I didn't even realise it until I saw those paddocks and just lost it on this bus. Um, And, you know, I think I surprised us both actually. But there's, yeah, I like to get out away from everything when I can.
2: Did you feel a special connection to that land there or is it more so here in Australia that you feel at home and at ease?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Um, I... I think in that case, the emotional reaction wasn't because of a particular connection. My grandparents are English, but I didn't have um, much of a connection to the place at that stage. I certainly do now um, because I nearly stayed. I really settled, put my roots down and, you know, got engaged and all those type of things. But came back and there was something. And I think anyone that spent a lot of time overseas and really kind of lived there for um I was there for six and a half years. I don't know. I think even in a couple of years it happens. There's something in you that it's, oh, It's. I feel like it's, it's, I describe it like a knot in my heart and there's a rope leading out of it and it just goes straight back to Australia. Mm-hmm. But not just Australia, South Australia. Because even when I was in Sydney, I was so close to home, but it still felt really far away. I wanted to be back here. Um, even though in my head before I came back, I felt like coming back to Adelaide was... A step backwards in my life and career, um, but I know now that I'm back. That was just ridiculous. It was all in my head. It's been the best thing I've ever done
1: to come home. Katie, are you ready for pop quiz? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm not. What a-
0: <laughs> I feel like since I left Nova, <laughs> my pop, my pop knowledge has gone down the drain, and I've it's done not that on it's purpose. not popular culture. Okay, so to speak. Oh, okay.
1: Chris, would you like to explain the rules?
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so I don't know if you've ever listened to an episode of By the Glass before, but uh, the way that we we do uh, the quiz here is you, uh, you get three questions, and if you get one correct, you buy us a beer. Okay. <clears throat> if you get two correct, we'll buy you a beer. If you get three correct, then um, we'll, uh, we'll give you this Kit Kat Chunky, which is a carryover prize from our previous guest, Chester Osborne, who did not claim the Kit Kat Chunky couldn't get it correct. Mm. <laughs> uh, and there'll
1: be there'll be something else involved as well, wouldn't there? We'll take you for a walk on the beach at Port Williamunga.
0: Oh, fabulous. Yeah. How's that? I like that.
2: Question number 1, Katie. According to the 80s film, what happens when you wet a Mogwai?
0: <gasps> oh. <laughs> Gremlins pop out.
2: <laughs> correct. <laughs> Question number 2, thank you, Ali.
1: Now, this is a little bit Different, we've never asked a question like this. This is not a simple answer. We're going to give you 20-second timer. Okay. And in that 20 seconds, I'd like you to explain what sake is simply. Oh, wow. Because I know you've just done a sake course. I have. So, your time starts now. What is sake?
0: Okay, in really simple terms. Mm-hmm. Sake is um, it is a beverage uh, from Japan, which is thousands of years old. It's made from rice, um, and I guess the, the higher quality sake is made from polished rice so the more you polish it the different aromas it has polish it a lot tends to be more sweet and aromatic um and the ones that aren't polished as much tend to be (laughs) a bit more um i guess well there's there's different types but um tends to be a bit more savory
1: okay that was 30 seconds do we allow that well you've gone over time um but you absolutely nailed that so i'm going to give you two points
2: Thank
0: you. Well I done. I hope I nailed it. I did an exam earlier in the week.
2: Two points. That means you're uh, currently three out of two. <laughs> which means... It's unheard of. So if I which really means you've definitely got the Kit Kat Chunky. So we could just pass <laughs> that one over right now. Uh, and this is for a walk along the beach at Port Walunga. Question three. Rene Redzepi is the lead chef of which famous restaurant?
0: No, I know the name and I'm going to get this wrong. I'm having a mental blank.
1: Do you not want to go for a walk on the beach at I Port do, Wollonga? I because it
0: would be very romantical. Um, oh my God, I'm going to have to pass because I'm going to say the wrong thing and then that will be... Am I going to lose two it points is. for this?
1: Rene Ruseppe is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's a chef from the restaurant called Noma.
0: <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to guess yeah. too. Yeah. No, you, you knew that. <laughs> I but. didn't know that.
2: Katie, you've brought with you a book uh, that uh, you've been working on for quite some time. Do, do you want to tell us about it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm dragging two around with me at the moment. But um, The Beast is um, Adelaide Central Market stories, people, and recipes. And seriously, this thing has taken up nearly two years of my life. Yeah, and It's wow. why the bags under my eyes are more pronounced at the moment. Um, because it's, it's about Adelaide Central Market and it's 150 um, years of history. It turns 150 next year in 2019. And so I wrote the history of the market and profiles for every single trader um, existing there at the moment. And there's about 75 of them. And it's full of recipes for each one of those traders as well. So Kamita gave their pear, um recipe. Asian Gourmet gave their their amazing lux. No. Recipe. No, really? Yeah, Yeah. yeah. <gasps> How and did Charles, you get that? Well, Charles just said, look, no one's going to make it like I do. So, yeah print it.
1: Yeah, um, I suppose. What about Mushroom yeah. Man? What did he give you?
0: Well, that's a good question. It was something something that involved mushrooms. You'd yeah. hope yeah. so. <laughs> so Fiona Roberts was our recipe stylist who worked on all that. And um, yeah, you can have a look. But yeah, she, she made magic with whatever ingredient they kind of wow. have in their stall in that season.
1: Were there any unexpected recipes or stories? Um.
0: Oh, stories. Wow. Well, the, probably the one that's closest to my heart is Sam Andonis from Samtas. He passed away shortly after we did the interview. So mm, mm. it was really nice. He's, he was such a character. I loved him. You just wanted to cuddle him as soon as you saw him. And I'm a bit of a crier in interviews. <laughs> um, so, you know, even when he was alive, he was the type of character that that made me cry. He was just so warm and open um, and very funny. And so it was really nice for the family that we've captured his story. Um, and the other one, Stefan from Central Organics, he... he was born in Paris and lived through wars, like hiding under bridges while bombs fell kind of stuff before he came to Australia and um, and made a life here as a, a market gardener to begin with, growing organic produce and then supplying it to the store and then eventually buying the stall and, and making it his life. And there's a picture of his wife, Maria, behind his stall who's passed away and um, every time he kind of looks at it and talks about her, he gets tears in his eyes, so... Yeah, you can't have favourites, but I love those too.
2: Mm. It must have been quite an emotional process getting that story from everybody. Yeah. Where do you even begin with it?
0: These days, I think probably when I was at the beginning of my career, I would have set questions, but I definitely don't now. And I always tell anyone that comes in for work experience, do your research um, and be really prepared. Know, know the background of the person you're talking to. Um, but... Don't sit there with a piece of paper and questions. You'll, you'll just stick to that and you'll be so focused on the next question you won't actually listen to what they're saying. So with this kind of thing, I took them straight back to childhood, straight away, straight to childhood, and then you get a sense of who they are. Yeah.
1: Hmm. So about your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anyone in your family that makes you cry and starry-eyed?
0: <laughs> my dad. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a real dad's girl. And my dad lives in New South Wales now. So my parents broke up when I was in the UK. So that was all very horrible. And then dad eventually moved to New South Wales where he has a farm there. So I don't see him very much. And he's, t- he's in town at the moment. And um, he's just a, he's such a laid back kind of blokey coarse farmer. He's just, yeah, he, he wears the same blue shirt all the time. And even at my sister's wedding, he wore the best version of that <laughs> shirt. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to wear his um, John Deere hat. And my sister said, absolutely not. So that's my dad, really. He gets a little bit nervous if you go anywhere too fancy. That kind of salt of the earth yeah. man.
2: So Katie, we've, we also really like to ask our guests, what's your hangover cure?
0: Oh, do you know, I've had a lot of hangovers in my time, <laughs> <laughs> as Ali would know. And he's probably caused a few of them in my time, and I'm yet to find the all-encompassing cure everything hangover cure. But I do like I do like a fur from Adelaide fur mm. that tends to have all the salty goodness. I can never get through a whole one because I'm feeling so sick. But that's what I crave. I think Vegemite too is, is Vegemite bit of vitamin there. B. Yeah, mm. um, and Cafe Komodo does this. Banana bruiser that it's got milk in it, so I don't drink it. But my boyfriend swears by it, yeah. He craves that. Of course, you
2: live now in Prospect, don't you? Yeah, because you left the, the best, possibly the best house in, in the CBD.
0: I know I didn't even live there, I just stayed there all oh. the time because, yeah, Tomsey Street that they, it's well known to anyone I think who lives in the city or in Hospo, Um, And they, you know, the guys there, it was a share house, they built a, a wooden bar in their front yard, just facing out to the street, and it bought. It brought neighbors together, you know, it, it, they'd sit out there and have a, a wine or a beer or a water or whatever in the afternoon. And it, it just, it was a way to connect with their neighbors. I, I think not everyone should necessarily have a bar in their front yard, but more of that gardens and things like that as well. Veggie gardens in the, in the strip there seems to do the same thing. Well,
2: Ali and I both have bars in our backyard.
0: Move it to the front.
2: Move it to the front.
0: Or do you let neighbours come and just walk in and? Oh yeah, yeah. You, oh, well, yeah.
2: our neighbour, when we have parties, often uh, leans over the fence. Like um, what's like, that? Like uh, Wilson. Like Wilson in Home Improvement. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, in Home Improvement, and it's 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 uncanny how similar it is. It's, it's crazy because it's quite a high fence, so
1: I don't know. I you only remember. catch sort of half of his head. He's not wearing a hat, but <laughs> yeah. you just see like. The just half half the of his eyes face. and the fluff of the hair. Yeah. Does
0: he talk to you, or is it all just the time? Kind of yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Almost like about thirty seconds too long, <laughs> <laughs> but it's in a nice way. Katie, do you think you'll ever write about yourself?
0: Oh look, my granddad emails me every single day, pretty much to tell me I need to get my ass into gear and do that. But I don't know if I don't feel old enough yet or experienced enough. Um, maybe when I'm eighty. And if my if my fingertips still work, I might. But you know, I'm just I like telling other people's stories, and I just mm. I don't know that my story is worthy enough. I don't think it's more. Uh, more I'm any sure it is, but I else. know what you mean. You know, yeah.
1: I think it's it's not easier, but it's it, for me it's easier to uh, find out about someone else than yeah. to talk about myself.
0: Yeah, and they often find it difficult to talk about themselves. I think mm, as well mm. because I think we all feel a little bit like our story is not you know worthy or better than anyone else's. If I did, it a focus on childhood on the farm, I think, yeah.
2: And Katie, just before we let you go, tell us where you, we can get a copy of the Adelaide Central Market book you've just written.
0: You can get it at Adelaide Central Market. It'll be all over the place. Um, and you can also get it around bookstores around Adelaide and online.
1: Well, thanks for gathering so many stories uh, for everyone in Adelaide and South Australia and thanks for your time today.
0: Thanks for having me.
2: That's all the time we have for this episode of By the Glass. If you want to catch up on any other, visit our SoundCloud account, iTunes, or the Adelaide Review. What's the website again, Ali?
1: It's adelaidereview.com.au. And if you've liked what you've
2: heard today, don't forget to tell your bartender.